Welcome to the Personal Branding Jumpstart Podcast, where we explore personal branding for your business or for your career. We are Renuka, Laura, Tyler, and we are the personal branding specialists hosting this show. So whether you are a business owner, employee, or fresh graduate looking to jumpstart your personal branding journey, then this is the podcast for you. So are you ready? Let's, Let's jump, jump into, into it. it. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Personal Branding Jumpstart Podcast. Today is episode three. Oh, I can't believe we are already in our very third episode, guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, time really flies. So it's if it's your first time tuning into the podcast, my name is Laura. We also have Ranuka and Tyler on the show. And this is a show where we talk about all things personal branding. So it can help you to jumpstart your personal branding journey as well. And today we have a very, very interesting topic that we're going to talk about. It is called personal branding online. And we thought there's no better way to dive into this than by learning from top CEOs and business leaders from the West. So who are they exactly? Well, that is what we're going to dive in very, very shortly. But first things off, I think it's really important that we first kick off the show by understanding why is it important for us to build a personal brand online. Right. I think when it comes to CEOs and business leaders, right, like you have to understand that, you know, consumers or the public, they connect with people. So sometimes instead of promoting the business, right, when you're promoting the person that's leading the business, mm-hmm. people seem to be able to connect better, I would say. It, it seems more relatable in some ways. And I think because of that, right, the CEO as the ambassador of the organization needs to look into an online brand for that matter. Mm, right. From my perspective, you know, like I think the reason we chose, you know, CEOs or specifically bigger companies that people are familiar with is because they're the easiest cases to kind of dissect, right? But the, the whole preface of this is it, it's important as a leader that you're seen as a person because when you're leading like a corporation full of like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. it, it's really amplified because those hundred thousand people have their own opinions about you and the public has a different point of view and the world is going to meet one time or another, the world's extremely small when you're that public, right? So I think that's why it's really important to have a really solid personal brand. If I could just add to that, I believe the whole reason why leaders, managers, CEOs should have a personal brand online is because at the end of the day, humans connect with humans, right? We don't connect to a logo. We don't really connect to a company. Yes, of course, you can have your company mission and vision to establish that relevance and the connection with your customer or audience. But at the end of the day, people still want to see the leader behind that company because that is how they can better resonate with you. They can better relate to what you do, whether is it as a person or as a company. And having that relevance, like what Ranuka said, is really very important as you either you know build your team or build your business and i believe we have seen that happening a lot with top business leaders around the world yeah exactly so i think it'd be interesting to like dive into like the different ceos or business leaders that we individually have chosen to talk about because they're all from like very different industries i think the the perception or rather their brand is also very very different so shall we jump into our ceos and business leaders that we have chosen who wants to start first yeah, okay. I, I'm excited to start this one because this is arguably one of the most ironic positions to be in, all right? So the person I chose to, to take apart today, not, not to take apart physically, but, you know, to, to take apart his personal brand. Sorry, that sounded a bit violent off the bat. Um, <laughs> but the person I picked is Mark Zuckerberg, right? So the founder and CEO of Facebook. 
So what's funny for me when it comes to his personal brand is he's kind of like one of the forefathers of modern social media, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, after the whole Friendster and everything, his, his was like Facebook's arguably, I would say, one of the first really sustainable social media that has survived until today, right? And evolved until today. And one reason I want to pick him apart as well is because he's kind of one of the main influencers, I think, for a lot of the young tech CEOs and the new wave of people who are interested in tech and software development and everything like that. He's seen as one of the figures for that. So I think it's quite interesting to take things apart. The first thing I want to, to talk about is, of course, his uniform online. <laughs> so when I mention his uniform, Ranuka is laughing already. Yeah. Like, okay, so Ranuka, you do the whole image consultancy, right? So not just the makeup and all that. It's not any of that. I think that's one of the common misconceptions people have about you. That's right. But, you know, when it comes to your business, it's the whole image and perception, right? And what do you think about Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same shirt <laughs> in literally every video you can find of him on the internet? Okay, well, I have to give it to him for consistency, lah, you know? Like, I think that's really very admirable that you could, like, uh, bulk purchase so many grey t-shirts at one go. I think that's really good. But I think what I feel about him is that it is done deliberately, where he wants to create sort of a thing where, like, you know, let's not focus on how I look in my appearance, but let's focus on the substance that I carry forward. And But the thing about what he's doing right now is that it creates sort of a misconception to, like, what you say, the future generations to come. They think that, you know... If if I want to be successful or if I'm in the realm of like tech and software development, I should look like that. But here's the thing, right? I don't think Mark Zuckerberg looked like this before he was famous. And a lot of people need to understand that, you know, while you're starting up, right, it is important to understand that your appearance, how you look, how you present yourself, right, carries quite a lot of weightage, especially when you're in the stage of pitching, example, if you want to get people to have a buy-in. And let's not also like forget maybe if let's say you look young, there are a lot of things to consider upon. And the second thing is that maybe Mark Zuckerberg's brand is minimalist, right? He's a simplistic guy. This is how he wants to be seen, right? Like, maybe that's not you. So what I'm trying to say here is that grey t-shirts and joggers is not a representation of tech industry. Like, that's what I'm trying to say here. Wait, sorry guys. Is this going more on to personal branding offline? I'm just thinking because, you know, how you dress. No, no, no. I, I'm going to lean into how this works online. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's a good question, you know. But okay, coming off Ranuka's point, right? You know, I do agree. You know, if you look in the past, right, you can find some old photos of Mark Zuckerberg when he was pitching Facebook and everything else. It wasn't the same shirt, you know, it wasn't that then. That only started when he, you know, became more famous. And to his credit, I think he understood how branding works online. Hmm. Because people remember by repetition And if you're rolling out so many ads There's so much media about you People have that recognition So they see the same shirt The same face all the time yeah. It's actually pretty smart And I found out there's actually A hidden reason why Most CEOs tend to have a uniform nowadays Because it makes it so much easier To edit videos of you oh. And talks of you as well Oh, okay So you look at like, you know Even like Steve Jobs and the rest, right? They all wear the same shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. So you notice how they have like half edits of their pictures online. They have montages, collages of people and all that. So it opens up the way for other video creators to actually make compilations of you delivering speeches. Oh, that's a very refreshing point. Never thought yeah. about it that way. Yeah. So you guys thought I was going to offline, but now nah, it's online, man. Wow. I mean, speaking about consistency, if I could just bring in the next CEO that I have in mind, because before this podcast, what the three of us actually did was we asked each other, which CEO from the West really came to our mind when it comes to online personal branding. And for me, it's actually none other than Donald Trump. So I don't think he needs any introduction. <laughs> 
because I believe everyone here who is tuning in should have already heard about Donald Trump. And that's the thing. That is what makes his personal brand online so powerful. Everyone knows about him. Whether is it for a good thing or a bad thing? Well, the reality is everyone has heard of him. Why do I say that he's very, very consistent? Because when I ask people what is one word that comes to your mind when you think about Donald Trump, the responses are pretty much the same. Like if I can just ask both of you, oh, <laughs> putting oh. you on the spot, you know, what is the first word that comes to your mind when you think of Donald Trump? I'm just thinking, right, if there were any Republicans that are listening in, I'm, I just want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, disclaimer, this is all our own yeah. personal view. So, you know, nothing is proven. It's just our own point of view when it comes to what we perceive his personal brand is, right? So, yeah, yeah back to the question. What is the first word that comes to your mind about Donald Trump? Uh, obnoxious. Yeah, that, that's the first thing. He just doesn't care how you think about him. I think mm-hmm. that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you, Tyler? The word I would choose is brash. <laughs> yeah, so the, the reason I chose the word brash is because here's the thing about American politics. It's incredibly polarized, you know, like the left and right. They're so different on your points of view. It's not something that we notice in any other country, I would argue. So yeah, you know, Ranuka, I don't think you have anything to worry about. You're not going to get hauled in jail for it or anything. You know, they openly bash their president every single day. I know, right? Like yeah, even so, talk shows and all that. Yeah, exactly. I use brush because that's literally his character online. You know, he doesn't really care about what he says. Yeah, um, he exactly. says it and you have your own opinion after that. He doesn't quite care. It's either you love him or you hate him, I think. Actually, uh, it is quoted by Forbes that being hated is Donald Trump's campaign strategy and it is working. What? Right? So, (laughs) it's a quote that I extracted from Forbes. (laughs) Whether is it working for good or working for bad, you know, that's obviously questionable, but it's working, right? It is working in a way that it actually makes people remember about him. Whatever he says online, you know, whether he says it offline, it is consistent. And I would say consistency is Donald Trump's strength when it comes to his personal brand strategy I would say where he really shine a lot it is when he hop on social media especially on Twitter right I'm pretty sure that every one of you here has at least one scene you know the tweets that he put out <laughs> yeah in fact someone has actually did a research that when they compared Donald Trump's campaign strategies versus other politicians he actually spent the less when it comes to spending on social media yeah because he relied a lot on his organic tweets which on its own it already do really well it attracted a lot of controversy it attracted a lot of comments from his audience as well so he actually Mm. didn't need to spend much when it comes to marketing and advertising for himself because I mean even drawing back to before he became a politician we all know that Trump was a very renowned person in the business world correct and he has actually been working on his personal brand ever since he entered into the business world right think about the apprentice have you watched The Apprentice? Any of you here? The Fire. I know, it's like, it's always that. Yeah, that, that's where my impression started forming about him being kind of brash. Yes. You know, while, while it is kind of scripted for camera, you can tell that he kind of have his own personal feelings about it when he says it too. You know, I'm just thinking, right, like out of context here, but as a parallel, talking about celebrities or personalities who are brash, someone that comes into my mind is Gordon Ramsay. Mm. You know, but then Gordon Ramsay, right, for some reason, though he is like, so mean. I don't know whether you guys watched this clip about he made this really mean comment to a blind chef once. And it was like, oh, oh my goodness, it was like so horrible. But yet, right, he is very loved and respected, you know. So I just wonder, right, like, yeah, I understand Donald Trump's agenda is like, you know, being hated is his campaign. But 
looking at these two individuals, they are brash in their own selves, right? Like if you look at Gordon Ramsay, what people do right now in TikTok is they'll cook something like Gordon Ramsay rate my food right now, and then he'll be like the most meanest thing. He'll be like, "This looks like you know um, diarrhea in old folks' home," you know that kind oh. of stuff, right? But people still love and admire him for it. So I just wonder, right, when it comes to online presence between these two, right? What do you guys think is the biggest difference that you see? All right, Laura, you're the social media expert. Do you want to lean in on this first? Um, I I always believe that when you build a personal brand, you you just cannot please everyone. There is going to be audience that love you and audience that hate you. And especially when you pick up in publicity, when you pick up in visibility, there will always be a lot more haters and a lot more people that dislike what you do. But is that necessarily a bad thing for your brand? I don't think so. Actually, this was a、uh, quoted by Dan Lok, who is also another famous influencer in in the business scene. I hate that guy. <laughs> wait, wait, is he the? You see him a lot on like is- on YouTube. Ads, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't really like what he does, but there is some truth and wisdom in what he says as well, and that is why he's also so popular. He did also do a review on Donald Trump's personal branding strategy, and he said something that really shocked. I mean, not really shocked me, but really surprised me. He said that. Ah、uh, yes, Donald Trump has a lot of haters, but you know these haters. The more they talk about him, the more they are actually helping Donald Trump. It is true, actually. Yes, because you are getting people to talk about you for free. You're not even paying them. You're not giving them any incentive. Yet they are doing the work for you. They are helping you to spread your brand, to spread the awareness of you. Coming back to your question, is it really a bad thing to get a lot of haters, especially for Donald Trump case?、Uh, you know, as compared to to Gordon Ramsay,、uh, I would say not really. Yeah, I think maybe it's a lonely journey for him, but at least it's in the right track, lah. You know what I mean?、Mm, but here's the thing, you know, you know, long before I was a interview consultant, I was actually interviewing, you know, these public personalities to try to figure out how to represent them, right? And here's the main difference I would say that you know is different between Donald Trump and Gordon Ramsay. So Donald Trump in the past, he's seen a lot of well, I would say borderline. Disgusting things about women, you know, women, certain races.、Yeah. You know, he has touched on topics like those are extremely sensitive. You don't notice any of that in the Gordon Ramsay. He doesn't attack groups. He only attacks people,、mm. like that one person、yeah. on camera. You see, so it doesn't extend to other people. I think that is what's more easily acceptable about. This kind of behavior. Yeah. Plus, you know, it is shown on camera what that person does as well. So you know, it's kind of documented, and people can see what has happened, and hence his comments. Did he go overboard? Some people would say yes. But some people find it funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause some of the comments, you know, like one time I remember he said, "You cook that beef is so rare, it feels like Gandhi's flip flop <laughs> or something like that." So, <laughs> you see what I mean? Like it's so mean, but it's a form of、yeah. humor that a lot of stand up comedians actually use as well. Yeah. And one part that people underestimate about his online brand is like the number of TV shows this guy、yeah. is on, like Kitchen Nightmares, creates him as this sort of. Tough yet endearing figure,、yeah. right? That's kind of his first series that really brought him into light.、Yeah. Then came、that's、Hell's Kitchen、it. and everything else after that, right? Then Master Chef and、yeah. Master Chef Junior as well. I think that's how he rounded out his brand pretty nicely. Yeah. No, maybe one day we we have another round of this kind of episode of dissecting personalities. We should talk about him too. You know, I think he's doing a really good job as well. Hated but loved at the same time. Yeah, something like Simon Cowell as well, right? Oh yeah, the, the judge、true. for what is that show again? American Idol. Yes, American Idol, the classic American Idol. Yeah. I just want to highlight this. Like, do you notice how you remembered his name instead of the show? Personal branding. There you go. Mic drop. <laughs> Laura, you can literally mic drop. 
maybe I would want to take an, a different turn right now into someone that's very aspirational. Where we go into, you know, the entertainment sector, you know, this is a household brand. I don't think any of our viewers don't know this person. I mean, like, it's none other than Oprah Winfrey, right? She mm. is a billionaire. She's so established. She has her own TV network, which is the own Oprah Winfrey network. And one thing is, right, despite the fact that she's so up there, um, she's still very grounded, you know. And she's one realization I had while I was researching about her is that despite whatever social media platforms that she is present in, there's just one continued message that she's showing everyone, which is authenticity. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of transparency as well because, you know, guys, for 25 years, right, being in the talk show host realm, being a person of colour, being a woman, you know, like so much adversity that she had to go through, right? Yet, for some people who might want to just keep it as a PNC sort of thing or maybe just want to share some part of it, she is incredibly detailed about her entire life story, even to the point where I, I think there was some part when she was younger, she was raped, she became a young mother, you know. All these things, right, were really narrated because she understood very well the importance of the trinity of personal branding, right? Like, you know, first of all, understanding your brand, your core brand, mm -hmm. understanding your audience, you know, who are you really talking to? And the third thing is understanding your life story that makes you super unique. I mean, comparing her to another talk show host, let's say Wendy Williams. I don't think there's any comparison there, right? Like, they're very different that way. And so I feel... This is the reason why I, I think I wanted to bring up is because even though she's very, very atas, right? she's the atas of the most atas, right? the most highest rating talk show host yeah. ever right now. But yet, we still feel that she's our friend. Yeah, that's something really important when it comes to building your personal brand online because it is so easy to get so distant from your audience because you are not seeing them in person. You don't really know how your audience may look like even because yeah. you don't actually know all of them. So there is a tendency that as you get more famous, as you get more visibility online, you become more of a distant character. Just looking at Oprah Winfrey and how she still manages that so well, that's definitely something we can learn from Oprah. But like, what do you think that Oprah did so well in her branding strategy that made her so relevant and so much like a friend still, even though you don't know her personally? <laughs> first things first, right? Let, let, let's look at her strategy online. Because she understands in the States, a lot of people might not have cable TV. It's either due to the pandemic, you cancel off. That's not a importance, right? You cancel it off. Or maybe some people who don't have it in the beginning. So she had like one of her most prime interview segments, which is Soulful Sundays, live stream on Facebook. So it's easily accessible ah. to everyone. So I think that itself, right, was really smart. And in every single message or whatever that she's doing, right, she always has this common theme, which is let's spread love. And I think that's why, right, during this time in the pandemic, she's very, I wouldn't say sought after, she already is. Yes. But people remember her is because, right, you know, she's spreading this kind of positivity. Mm, right. And okay. there was this one thing I really like about what she does online, which inspires me in my LinkedIn post as well, which she does this thing called the book club. And so many authors, their careers have been launched so successfully just because she introduced this person's book on her Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. I was thinking, like, wow, you know, she's not just using her platform for herself, she's using her platform to help other people as well, you know, because she understands the power of what she has. I thought that was really, really very strong of her. Like, And I just feel like, you know, not just mad respect, like, but I think so much we can learn from how she's been doing her social media strategies, of course. Yeah, and, you know, to chime in that, you know, I think one point that really made, you know, because you look at other talk show hosts, right? You know, like the late night show and everything else, 
The reason I think Oprah really stands out and she's been able to maintain a consistent audience, you know, throughout and being the only host on a show ever, right? I think the only reason she's able to do that is because she it's something she genuinely is passionate about, you know, like really empowering other women, telling real stories, having real conversations. Of course, you know, part of it is kind of gimmicky and scripted. You know, it's a talk show host, yeah. you know. She's a talk show host. She has to throw in some gimmicks to make it entertaining, yeah. right? Otherwise, it's too heavy. You know, when you have all these heartbreaking stories, you need to cut it back with some humor and some lightheartedness, you know, to make sure it's palatable for TV but I think that's yeah. one big point she's exactly like you know who she says she is and that's what makes it so believable and yeah. so easily relatable yeah. I remember the part of Oprah like you get a car you get a car you know <laughs> it became a meme as well yeah, I, I see you said GIF today on a parallel note, right, like Ellen DeGeneres is also trying to do, go with the direction of kindness. You know what I mean? In the beginning. But see, that's the thing, right? When it comes to social media nowadays, it's an open book. Anyone can find out anything at any time, right? And look mm-hmm. at that small scandal or whatever that had happened with her producers that brought her ratings down all the way. You never yeah. see Oprah, man. Because what you see is what you get. Yeah, so authenticity is definitely something that you want to think about, especially when you start building your personal brand online, who you are as a person, make sure it's the same person that you are online, right? And not a completely different person because yes, you can fake it at the start, but eventually people will find out again, especially when you are starting to grow your audience size, your visibility and so forth. But um, if I can also highlight some things that I am hearing from Ranuka about what Oprah is doing, I would say, just besides being authentic, what Oprah is doing very well with her online personal branding strategy is to be where her audience is. Mm. So like what you said earlier, you know, not everyone has access to cable TV. So, you know, she goes on Facebook and do live stream. So being at where your audience is really helps in terms of building your online personal brand because if you can't see them, you need to be at where they are. I think that's why like uh, I was sharing pre-recording session, right? Because the three of us are very active on LinkedIn. And you know, when I was searching Oprah on LinkedIn, of course, right, duh, she has 100,000 followers, right? I'm not surprised. <laughs> but she only had like two posts there. And I think it was because perhaps at this point, I mean, let's just also be very upfront about it. Perhaps her audiences are more towards in the Facebook realm and Twitter, mm. right? The masses, right? That's where she's really going at. Even like Instagram, right? Her number of followers in Instagram and Twitter are like crazy. Of course. 50 million or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what you see is correct. I think she really has an, a good understanding of where her audiences are and what kind of content this is really one actually. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just a tip for our audience here who are thinking of building a personal brand online and perhaps you're wondering, oh, do I need to be on every social media platform? Where do I start exactly? And this is what we can learn from these CEOs. You don't really need to be on every single platform, right? Be on a platform where your audience is, right? Like for Donald Trump, um, he was most active on Twitter. Of course, he had presence on other platforms, definitely. But where he was most active as a person was on Twitter because that was where he shared his raw, unfiltered thoughts directly you know (laughs) and by the way as of our recording today he actually got banned from twitter if you guys didn't know (laughs) unfortunately even though it was kind of working well for him but uh, it worked against him in the end because twitter banned him because they were afraid that it could spur into further violence and that is why they banned his account and when twitter made that announcement other social media platforms actually did the same thing so facebook banned him he was banned on instagram of course even on youtube and even on some e-commerce platforms like Shopify and Amazon, they also banned him. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's he going to do in his free time now then? Well, according to the media, he's in talks with Elon Musk to build a, a new social media platform. But I don't think it's happening anytime soon. Nah. <laughs> oh my God. But, okay, here's the thing, you know, I think what Twitter has done and all the other social media has done 
is actually played into his strategy. So while you may seem like they're deplatforming him or not giving him a place to speak, you do realize it's just his personal accounts as being banned, right? Right. You know how many other people are going to talk about this now? So you see, that's kind of where a lot of people are mistaken about social media. They think that the person's account controls everything. That's not the case, right? I think that's a mistake a lot of them make. And, you know, I'm interested to see how it plays out, honestly. Like, I've no, I'm, I'm impartial to this. I'm not involved in Trump at all. I don't quite care what happens to yeah. the guy. In the interest of the topic itself, I think it's a mistake that the social media platforms are doing. They're actually giving him way more publicity <laughs> for this. Because how many people are not going to talk about Trump? You know it all the way across here in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the States is going to talk about it. Anyone who is interested in American politics is going to talk about it. Yeah, speaking of all these like personalities, I think it's really interesting to see all these different perspectives, right? But these, mm-hmm. again, right, are all well-known individuals in the West, right? And sometimes all of us here in Asia, we, we often wonder, right, you know, they are so successful in their brand online. Is this something that is applicable to us over here? Because culturally, we are so, so different. So I think one thing I, I feel about Tyler's point just now was quite true. Um, I think when it comes to Mark Zuckerberg, right, like um, if you're awkward and if you're probably an introvert and you thought that, you know, if you want to be famous, you have to be charismatic mm. in that sense. Well, here, just, here he just proves that you don't have to, lah, you know. Yeah, so I think that in that sense, it's applicable. But maybe to Laura's case study of Trump, for our culture, would we, like the Americans, be so open and can we be open and vocal about things? Yes. Yeah, so this is the thing. Um, in Asia culture, you know, our society, there's a lot more respect for culture and traditions, correct? Um, culture, traditions, religion in general. This is a very, very sensitive area that you don't want to touch into, especially when you are a leader, whether is it in the political scene or in the business scene. There is definitely a need to respect your culture, tradition and religion in, in Asian countries. Something that is a lot more prominent in Asia compared to the Western side, if I'm correct. If I'm not... Um, Please forgive me as well. But with that said, you know, that is where being too bold and controversial can be quite dangerous for Asian leaders. Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump is able to do what he's doing today because in America, everyone can say what they want. There is a right to share your opinion. Nobody is wrong. And that is why when Donald Trump step up and just share all his controversial thoughts, his bold statements and so forth, he is still not charged for it, right? I mean, I believe he had, you know, faced multiple lawsuits and so forth, but at the end of the day, he's still a free man, right? So will that work in Asia? I think for the time being, no. Right. For the time being, it will not work because there will be a lot of backlash, um, whether is it from the legal side or from the society, there is definitely going to be a lot of backlash. But one thing, of course, that we can learn from, from Donald Trump is, you know, how authentic he is and how consistent he is, right? That is something that other leaders in Asia can start to pick up from because I still believe that authenticity and consistency is one of the key ingredients to Donald Trump's uh, success in personal branding. For all the leaders in Asia, like if you're, you're listening in, to also understand, you know, like when people see you online, right, you have to remember when they see you offline, it has to be similar. And I think for my case with Oprah, right, I think for her, it's definitely something that's very relatable and we can really, you know, relate to in Asia because especially for some business leaders I see that are really growing really fast and, you know, they are they are gaining such popularity, right? One important thing that I see that's lacking there, right, is relatability. Like when you get too far off, right? Like you get so famous, you get so successful to the masses, right? To us, aka peasants, right? It feels like this person is so like up there and I feel like because I can't relate, therefore the content that is churned out by this person online, whatever, I might not find interesting anymore because it doesn't speak to me, you know? 
Yeah, and so this is something that perhaps all of us have to understand. Right? No matter how far we go, we have to always be able to relate back to our audiences. Yeah, and like in my case for, for Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, so here's the interesting thing about his case. I think, you know, one interesting part to really learn about this is you don't have to be a very vocal or very well-spoken person to build a personal brand online. Or you don't even have to write very well, you know. Of course, he does have people writing his own content for him, but when he's speaking and all that, you notice his natural form is is what trends online, not the scripted stuff, you know, his speeches and everything else. Not really. It's all the weird awkwardness of him that really catches on with people because people can relate to it. So I think one thing to really consider when it comes to personal branding, you know, and it, it's really important to consider the personality aspect of it, you know. If you're naturally introverted, go with that. You know, there's nothing to be shy about it. Be authentic about it you know similar to laura's point now do i think zuckerberg's style of personal branding works in asia i think yes because like all the way here it's relatable because it doesn't touch on anything sensitive it's a personality trait and that is sort of similar across the board as long as you're a human being so anyone who is technically an introvert relates to that and was socially awkward will relate to that so against relatability i would caution not to base your whole branding off just your culture or your race or anything that's one-dimensional like that, look more into your personality. I think that's more appealing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So if we could just wrap up, you can see that from the whole conversation we had about personal branding online, it's not just limited to social media, which I guess is probably a misconception that most people have when they think, oh, to build a personal brand online means I just need to be on social media and start, right? Um, yes, social media is one of the channel, but other things that you really want to consider when it comes to building your personal brand online is the personality, like what Tyler has mentioned, and also to remain consistent, authentic, and relevant. That would be the foundation of building a personal brand online. So whether you want to go on social media or on TV or uh, on memes, you know, <laughs> that is up to you later on. But I think it's really important to first think about these elements before you think about building your personal brand online. So yeah, before we officially close, any golden nuggets from Randuka and Tyler from today's show? Um, I would say that, you know, like when it comes to any kind of personalities that you feel you aspire to emulate, probably you want to still think about your own uniqueness inside of it. Like, you know, like it's good to, you know, dissect all these things. But at the end of it, right, if you're not Oprah, then don't follow 100%, like, you know. Yeah, you just, you still need to have some level of yourself in it. And of course, I hope that, you know, in our next episodes to come, we can definitely teach you how to go about that. But yeah, that's, that's something that I just want to highlight out. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing I want to leave the audience with to, to think about because, yeah, I, I tend to ask questions rather than give, give nuggets, right? So one, one thing is really good to, for people to remember and consider about your personal brand online is that you don't have the final say, right? Your audience has a final say at the end of the day. You can try your best to put out whatever you think you're controlling, but at the end of the day, people will have their own impressions about you. So it's important that you understand exactly what you're putting out. And that's why it's so important to be genuine because if you stray away from being genuine, you have a lot to remember, right? So that's why I'll say, you know, be truthful, be genuine. Then you won't have to worry about all that stuff and you can really build around an audience that you actually can reach out to. People have the fear of missing out, but my question for them to consider is, is it worth it to change yourself to suit certain markets of people that may not be interested in the real thing you have to offer? Yeah, it's so tiring as well, actually. So is it really worth the time? I leave it to the audience to decide. 
So yeah, I guess that wraps up the episode for today. So we discussed basically the different types of online personal branding for very different personalities. And in the next episode, we'll be covering the the offline personal branding strategies for these personalities as well. And also on this, guys, please do follow us on our Instagram where we'll share like updates of when our episodes will be dropping as well as our Spotify. And do rate us as well. We have heard some of you listening on. And you find it really insightful, please do give us a thumbs up. I think that's all from all of us. See you guys. Yeah, thank you. See you in the next episode.